Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. And in the many times that I have failed and fallen on my nose, I know God still loves me and has a purpose for my life bigger than the things that I have done or you have done wrong. That's the, that's the self you can live with. Because if the self that you live with either has an inflated ego of oneself or, on the other hand, sees themselves as a total failure in doing everything in their life wrong and I'm just about ready to jump off the bridge and I decided to come to this church this morning before I go off and jump off the bridge, I want want you to know something. You're in the right place today. Because you need a self you can live with. And the reason why you have trouble living with yourself is, you know what? You're a hollow person. You need God. Now, God changes the way we look at life. Because without God, everything that I see in life is about myself. You see, this is the problem when we enter into our flesh, we think ourselves to be bigger than we are. This is the problem that Peter had. Lord, I'm willing to die with you. Peter, Jesus goes, Peter, before the cock crows, you're not even going to last three more hours. That's how weak you really are. Now, Peter, earlier... Jesus is walking along, says, who do men say that I am? They all go through it. He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the only Son of God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this, this to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven. And upon this statement, upon that rock... I'll build my church. Not upon Peter. Peter was a mushball. But but the thing is, upon that statement, I'll build my church. Thou art the Christ, the only Son of God. I imagine Peter was feeling pretty good. I got the right answer. Every once in a while, I get them right. You know, I'm doing all right here. Then later on, in that same chapter, um, Jesus said, I've got to go to Jerusalem. I've got to die. Jesus said, or Peter said to Jesus, you don't got to go to Jerusalem. You don't got to die. And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Oops, got that one wrong. Okay. Well, here, he, I think Peter thought he was going to have the right remark. Lord, I'm willing to die with you. But you see, we don't know us. So when you look inside, friends, what I'm, I'm sharing with you today is you better see Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. The one that you base your life upon. So a reason to live for. A self you can live with. And the third, a faith to live by. Faith to live by. What makes you live? What what hope do you have? That faith. The Bible says, with faith you can move mountains. But that faith, what is that faith? Well, I'm hoping against hope. I've got my lucky rabbit's foot. And remember, I've shared this before, it wasn't lucky for the rabbit. But what, what's the faith that you live by? What, 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 the, what, what's your hope? Mike, you don't understand. I just spent $3 and bought three lottery tickets. One of them is the winning one. That's my faith. Well, I hope you win. 
But my point is simply this. You need faith in your life to live. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, where there is no hope, the people perish. Where there is no open vision, the Bible is speaking of, the people perish. Well, he says, But Peter spoke, verse 31 again, If I have to die with you, I will deny you. And they all said likewise. Kind of lemmings kind of thing, you know. Yeah, he said, uh, whatever he said, I agree with. Yep, okay. Well, they came to the private place named Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him up a little while further and began to be troubled and deeply distressed. This word troubled is an interesting word. Because in the King James, it says, sore amazed. And this is because it is a very unusual word. Because it means horrors of great darkness. Like like one of those spook movies that you have watched in your life, and you go, (laughs) well, it says that Jesus began to be troubled and deeply distressed. This, this darkness, because now Jesus is beginning, I believe, friends, to take on the sins of the world. And it says here, he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Now it's interesting, friends, Jesus carrying all of our sins, and just my sins alone would have killed Jesus. But... It's a wonder he even made it to the cross. And let me tell you something. We can all have physical issues in our life. You know, something hurts. You get a splinter in your hand and it hurts. Maybe maybe you've got something physical wrong with you. You get migraines or, or something else. But I'll tell you something. In my life, there's not been any pain greater than the pain in the soul. I think we all relate with that. Either you've been betrayed by a lover... You've been hurt by a friend. Somebody that you trusted that you thought was your friend turns around and be, can be your worst enemy. I, I believe there's not a, a, a worse pain than in your soul. It's like a million ton fist has hit you right square in the heart. And, and, and I, I look at that. And it says, he was exceedingly sorrowful unto death. This, this pain, he says, my soul, notice. He says, my soul. Not my physical being. His physical being was going to be that which was going to suffer later on. But right now we find his heart now suffering, uh, even unto death. And so he said, stay here and watch. I think about that for a minute. Stay here. I understand that part. Stay here. Be with me in this. You You know, a lot of times people want to know how to comfort somebody that's going through something. I don't always know what to tell somebody. I don't. But I know sometimes it's nice to know that they're there. And maybe sometimes in your life you may be that person for somebody. You may not know what to say, but just being there, somehow you don't go through it alone. And I believe that this was what Jesus was speaking to his disciples about. Was not going through it alone. Stay here and watch. Now the second part of this, I don't understand. And watch. Watch for what? Okay. 
What am I watching for? Was Jesus saying, well, watch for the Roman guards who are going to come momentarily and take me away? Could be. Maybe he was saying, watch me as your example. So you know that when you go through the most dark part of your life, and friends, if you haven't gone through it yet, let me guarantee you, before this life is over, you will. You'll know how to respond. Watch. Do you know what we learn from watching? By example. When you observe. You know, mom and dad, this is why your input into your children's life is so important is because they learn by observation. They see how mom and dad work out a difference. They begin to know what they want to find in their mate as they get older based upon dad, your behavioral issues of your life, or mom, yours. And, and, and this is what uh, goes into their soul as part of their, you might say, their genetic programming, even though it's not so much genetic as it is learned but they see and they observe. They see mom being kind. They see dad being kind. And they said, that's what I'm looking for in a husband. Do you know why today we find such a, a spiraling, out of control down in the, a family home? Is because nobody has any examples. There's no one to watch. Shared about this many times before, but you look at the programs in the early 60s, Father's Knows Best, My Three Sons, the Andy Griffith Show, all those kind of programs. And you know what? Dad always had the answer. He was the smart guy. Watch any program today concerning anything that has to do with a father. You're going to find him a bumbling, stupid idiot. Homer. Check it out. You'll see what I mean. The male role is absolutely shattered. And you know what I believe that is? Is because with the male role gone in a family, anybody can put anything in as leadership. I think it's a real attack of the devil. Because if the standard has been removed, which would be a loving father in the home, which is a picture type of what Christ is, in, or maybe I should say our Heavenly Father is in heaven, when that's gone, then the devil can then move his forces in and say, this is what a family is. Jesus told his disciples, stay here and watch. I believe the reason why this is important is because we do know that evidently one of them had watched because we find recorded for us what happened when Jesus prayed. He sweat great drops of blood. I don't think that Jesus, when he come down the hill, by the way, I was sweating great drops of blood, guys. I don't think so. I think somebody caught that. Maybe it was Peter, maybe it was James, maybe it was John. One of them saw something going on with Jesus as he was pouring out his soul in his darkest times. Friends, what do we do today when we go through, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death? Get me a six-pack of brewskis. Observation. You don't think that because we're Christians that we don't go through hard times and times that make you want to cry and give up and jump off bridges? Friends, we all do. But we learn by observation. And to say that, well, I'm a follower of Christ. And I need never to see any pain, never see any sorrow. It all goes my way. After putting Jesus in my pocket, I climb to the top. You're not reading this book. You might have another Jesus that you fabricated in your mind, or maybe something that somebody's told you. Maybe they have something like that that they offer to people, but it's not this Jesus. This Jesus, because he loved you and me, 
allowed himself to be abused at this level. And we say, what causes the greatest pain in our lives? Think about it again. What's the greatest pain in your life? It's not, it's not physical pain, friends. It's emotional. It's soul. It's your heart. And Jesus, because he loved you and me, went through exceeding sorrow. I can tell you only this, that as you love people, as you love your kids in spite of the goofy stuff that they do, or the self-sacrificing of dad, mom, you wanting to buy that new Americanus Maximus, and instead you instill in your children those values because you're there with them, the things we do for love. Uh Uh-huh. It's true. This sorrow was caused, friends, not by physical pain at this time. This was caused by love for you. And when you go through that same love for people you love, and you go through hard times, where do you go? Notice it says, stay here and watch. Jesus went a little farther, fell to the ground, and prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him, And he said, and this is, friends, where we go when we go through this. You go to daddy. You just go to daddy. Again, that's why I believe the attack of the devil is to remove the father image from the homes in this world and in America is because you won't be able to relate with a heavenly father. I thank God for my dad. And you know, it's not hard for me to understand what a heavenly father is like because I had such a good earthly one. And my heart breaks for the people in our own church that don't have a dad. I've talked to girls in our church. They said, I never met my dad. My dad ran off and left us when I was a baby. And you think, what kind of concept of a father do you have? And depending on the commitment of the mother in that home, whether she was having another guy over to her house every night, and somehow this girl is thinking, well, is that what a male image role is? Is that what a father is like? Is that what I'm supposed to be looking for when I turn 18 or 16 or 21? All of a sudden, all this weird programming comes into a person's life. But I got some great news for you. If you are here, you have kids, you don't have a father role in the home. Let me tell you something. There's a heavenly father in heaven that loves you, and that's what you want to present to your kids. You're not without a father. And you're not without a good father today. And so let God be that to you. Notice... Abba, father. Abba means daddy in the Greek. So he joined daddy, father. It's not some, oh, impersonal, far out one that calls himself my, my heavenly overlooker. He says, daddy. All things are possible for you. Don't you ever feel like that when you pray? God, if all things are possible for you, why am I going through this hell in my life right now? You ever see that? You ever see Jesus prays like us? And by the way, friends, one of the things you find right here is people say, well, if Jesus was God, what was he doing in the garden praying to his father? Listen, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And this particular place where you're reading is showing the 100% humanity of Christ. Daddy, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away. This is speaking of going and dying on the cross. Jesus knew that he was getting ready to be offered up. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. 
Jesus is saying here, Father, if there's any other way that mankind can be saved except me going and dying on the cross, take this cup away. Listen, friends, crucifixion was not something that was done in a very sanitary room in a a state penitentiary. Friends, crucifixion lined the roads of, of, of the Roman Empire. The reason why is they didn't have three strikes, you're out. This was a deterrent. One strike, you're dead. People were expendable. And so what they would find is you would go along the road and you would smell the corpses of the, of the dead people rotting on the crosses. It was all over the Roman Empire. And you know why it was done that way? Don't ever step out of line. So Jesus, no doubt, when he would go to, from place to place, he would look at a cross and see somebody hanging on it, knowing, because he knew all things, that it won't be long before I'll be there. But not because I did anything wrong, but because I am dying in place of all the people that love me. He says, Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. God, your will for my life. You know, it's easy to say, God, I want your will for my life. And God says, are we ready to go die? Uh, Is there anybody else up there? Well, that's the truth, friends. That's what happens. We, we continue to do God's will even though it hurts. We continue to do God's will even though it's not convenient. We do God's will even though it causes us maybe sometimes great sorrow. But that's what God wants us to do. And, and, and notice, notice this too. If there's any other way, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. If there's any other way man can be saved, Father, I don't want to go through with this. So people say, well, Mike, I believe, and I've had people tell me this. They even call on the radio and say this. I believe if a person is just a really good person, they're going to make it. You know, I know a person, they're the best person in the world. They're very religious, too. I, I, I think they go to, uh, uh, I'm God, you're God, cuckoo, cuckoo. I, I, I remember it. They, that's where they go. But they're good people. They're going to go to heaven, ain't they? Not what it says here. You say, what's that mean? Well, it's simply this. Jesus died on the cross to save us. And if we could have gone to heaven by just being a good person, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. Simple logic, friends. It's by our faith in Him that allows us to go to heaven. Well, He says, not what I will, but what you will. Then He came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? In the garden, the peaceful garden, the disciples sleep tonight. Not even an hour. This is the same Peter, Simon Peter, that said, Lord, I'm willing to go die with you. And he couldn't even stay awake. Friends, Jesus continued to bless Peter and uphold Peter. And I just want to encourage you in something. The God knowing our failures still continues to work with us. To me... To love somebody that always loves you back the way you expect to be loved. That's, that's nice, but that is a conditional love. But God loved Peter. God loved you and me with unconditional love. 
And I just ask you this morning, do you have? Do you have a, a reason to live for? Do you have a, a faith you can live by and a self you can live with? And if you don't, I want to invite you this morning that we're going to pray. And if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you can pray and ask the Lord to come in your life. And uh, let God do what He wants to do. And you'll find a whole new way of life, guided by His Spirit, that sensitizes you to others rather than yourself. You know, the Bible says it's God's good pleasure to provide all your needs. And do you know why He does that? So we can go around big, fat, dumb, and happy? Nope. He supplies all of our needs so that we can focus our attentions on others. And friends, I know that oftentimes in focusing upon others, whether it may be your children, whether it's the person next door, again, maybe it might be a friend, even maybe in the Lord that has burned you. All I can tell you is this, that Jesus understands that. And when you go through heartache and trouble, remember, go to your father. Abba, Father, Daddy, I want to do your will. Even though it hurts, I want to do your will. I want to do what you want me to do. And the Bible says that God will bless you because he loves you. This morning, if you've never prayed and received Christ as your Savior, and you want to repent, you want to get out of that mess you've been in, you've been trying to define it your own way, we're going to pray, and you can ask the Lord to come in your life and forgive you. And say, okay, Lord, from now on, I'm going to live for you. And so if you've never prayed, maybe maybe you prayed a long time ago, maybe you're in Sunday school, and just the cares of this life overtook you, but I, I just want to invite you to pray, and let God do a new work in your life, and He will. So we're going to pray, and if you've never prayed before, or you haven't, it's a long time ago, or you just want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Let's pray together in Jesus' name. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I am not worthy to be your child. But because you love me, your word says you've accepted me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands to make me the best I can be for you. I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the power to live for you each day. And to let that light inside of me shine for you. And thank you for eternal life. That I never have to be scared about dying anymore. And all the things I've done wrong in my life are forgiven. So I commit my life now into your hands. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time. It's time.